Welcome to the Brave Faith Podcast. Here, we desire to inspire listeners to receive brave faith through real-life stories and biblical insights. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Brave Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Mariah Sloan, and I have here with me my mom and dad, Thomas and Sheila Sloan. Today, we're going to be talking about their entrance into full-time ministry as a team. Welcome to the show, guys. Thanks. Good to be here. So, number one, I would love to hear your story of how you both started out in ministry and what was that process of discerning the voice of God in taking that brave step of faith? Well, we uh, started out together. We had gotten married and uh, were working in a large ministry uh, and uh, Jimmy Swaggart Ministries. Uh, I'd been there for about 13 years and uh, Sheila came uh, in 1984 and with the Bible College, so uh, we met and became great friends, and uh, then we uh, eventually got married, and uh, so we were um, getting ready to, to make a move, and we knew that, we felt that in our spirit, we just launched out. You want to tell them about where you were in the process? At the time, we made the brave faith step. I was eight months pregnant with our son, Simeon, and uh, we didn't know what we were having at that point, but I was eight months pregnant, and we had gone home for Christmas to see our families. Um, my family's in Arkansas. Thomas's was in South Carolina, and uh, we just really felt strongly that it was time for us to take a step of faith and launch out into our own evangelistic ministry. We came back from Christmas. We had a special speaker at church on a Sunday night. What he said, if your heart is not here, you need to leave. And it was almost like he turned around and pointed to us and shined a light on us. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, it was just so evident that the Holy Spirit was speaking to us at that time. Like, it is time for you to step out. And yes, this is what I want you to do. And so when we left that service that night, I don't think either of us had any any doubt that that's exactly what we were supposed to do. So on Monday, we normally had Monday off. On Tuesday, we went in and wrote our resignation letter, you know, cleaned out our offices and and left that day. Everybody, you know, thought we were pretty crazy (laughs) eight weeks from having a baby. And, um, but we knew that this is what God wanted us to do. And Mm -hmm. so we just said, let's just take that step and see what happens. We had no meetings booked. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like we were stepping out of provision into provision. It was uh, stepping out of what we had had well-paying jobs and into basically nothing as far as we we knew. I think I had one meeting booked in Canada. Mm. We just knew that it was time. And so we we made the step and uh, it was kind of scary, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's eight months pregnant and we don't have meetings booked, but we we knew that we knew. So we 
we stepped out in faith and uh, saw God begin to provide right away. I got a, a phone call from a friend of mine, and uh, he said, how about going to Florida with me this weekend? Mm. And uh, so we we drove down and went to Florida, and I sang, he sang, and we set up our had our ta- tables set up with cassettes. We had that was before <laughs> CDs. And, back in the day. Uh, back in the day. <laughs> After the service was over, you know, uh, I I didn't expect any money. It was just you know we were I was going along for the ride basically, and I had a guy walk up to my table. And he said, uh, how much? And I said, well, this, these are, I think it were 10 or $15 a, t- a piece. Um, 10, one, I think. Yeah. And uh, for the cassettes, yeah. And uh, he said, well, I want everything you got. Mm. And wow. I said, excuse me? <laughs> and he bought everything I had and all the, all the cassettes. And that was... Uh, that was our my, our pay for that time, which mm. was quite quite a bit. Uh, I don't remember how many I had and how much it was, but I later found out that he took those cassettes and gave them away on in the train conductors in, in Russia. Wow! He gave those to to the con- uh, train conductors in Russia, and they would play them on their trips. Mm. And uh, that was pretty interesting. For so, all the passengers to hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, we we uh, did that. And then one thing led to another. And God just provided as we went. I'll let you tell them about Simeon. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, the day we left um, our jobs, that evening, Chili's is one of our favorite little restaurants that we like. And we walked in uh, later that afternoon to eat a late lunch, and uh, we met some friends going in the door. Hmm. And um, they had been local pastors and uh, were doing basically the same thing we were doing, but they were more on the missionary side of things, and they were doing missionary evangelism. And uh, they had a little storefront office church that the, some of their ministry employees and things met at. And um, so we met and talked to them, and they, of course, asked what was going on, and we told them. And they were like, well, we need to hook up then. And Thomas was able to go and minister with our friend, Curtis Silcox. And uh, they had the little storefront church, and they needed my help to play keyboard and, and lead worship. So I was able to do that. I was, I'm sure, huffing and puffing, being that big pregnant. But um, anyway, and they paid me a little bit, you know, to be there. And then, of course, Thomas went and sang and was blessed. And uh, that's kind of how our ministry with them opened up because over mm-hmm. the months and years, and, you know, we have been with them a lot in yeah. different conferences and different things, as you well know. Mm-hmm. And uh, But God used that as a tool so while I was there doing that, um, Simeon decided to come about eight weeks later on February 29th. Mm-hmm. Leap year. Uh, leap year, <laughs> maybe. Shout out to and, Simeon. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, of course, you know, for a few weeks I was kind of low-key there. But um, anyway, when Simeon was, I want to say, six weeks old, 
we embarked on a, I want to say a six-week journey. And we started, um, by that time, people, you know, were hearing that we were available and to sing and preach and everything. And so we just started a tour. I think one of our first stops was in North Carolina. And you were in Louisiana. We were in Louisiana at at the time. time. So we went on this six-week tour. We had our van and, um, you know, just went around ministering and singing. That's kind of how everything got started. That's amazing. I had a Cadillac, and um, the engine blew up in the Cadillac. And so I called her, and I said, I don't know if I I trust this. I got it fixed, and it's running okay, but I don't know if I trust this because we were going from Baton Rouge to Arkansas to South Carolina, back to I think we had to go back to Arkansas and then back to we Baton did. Rouge. And I said, that's a lot of traveling. So I went and traded my Cadillac for a van. <laughs> and that's how we wound up with the van. And people laughed. And man, you went from uh, a Cadillac to a, a family van. You got something in mind. And I, I did have something in mind. I, I knew that we were going to be traveling. Mm-hmm. And uh, that... That that was the perfect vehicle for that. So mm. that was kind of a funny insert there. Yeah, and that was December of 1990 right. that you got yeah. married. When and then married. you went yeah. into full-time ministry January 92. 92. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I, just to explain, because we have, you know, we never know who's going to listen to this. So somebody out there may not understand really what evangelism is about. I've come across that in my life when I've said, well, my parents are evangelists. They're like, what's that? Like, what's that like? And to kind of emphasize how it was you stepping out with one meeting, that meant that you had no work but one meeting. Exactly. Like one little weekend Mm -hmm. of work scheduled for the future. So that, just to put emphasis on how scary that can be of not having anything planned but that one thing, but you saw God provide in amazing ways just by saying yes. Right. Absolutely. The power of a yes to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And now here we are, uh, let's see, what is it, 30, 30 years later? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. (laughs) A little over 30 years later. So let's talk about some things uh, throughout life. And we, we've experienced a lot, so we can't talk about everything. But I do want you guys to talk about um, some of the highlights along the years and maybe some, some lowlights, you know, things that could encourage people and see that, you know, we're people too. And their ministry is not all easy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Uh, it's a lot of grit to it too. Mm-hmm. So if you guys could just expound on that, I think uh, the lo- the thing that comes to my mind on the low end of the scale would be uh, meeting pastors and them handing you their card and. I'm I'm talking about well-known pastors, ministers, you know, across the nation, and um, all they're saying, "Here's my personal number, call," and and you call those numbers, expecting them to follow through with what they say, mm-hmm. and you never hear from them. Mm-hmm. 
And then so you called again. And, after, you know, after a while, you just say, okay, that's not going to happen. So what else is it, God? You know, but then there are these other pastors that uh, that brought us in and maybe didn't have the larger churches. Uh, most, a lot of times it was that case. They didn't have the bigger churches, but they blessed us more than the churches that we went to that were larger churches. Uh and and God just provided, but evangelism, you know, is uh, for those that don't know. It's what a traveling minister does, and he goes from church to church or conference to conference, and and speaks. And like you said, if there's no meetings, there's no money, you know. And we we face that. Uh, and he, later on in our ministry, we came to the point where we had been traveling and going all over the country and uh, just blessed and, and seeing God move and, and the services. And uh, uh, one, one month we came to, uh, we couldn't book any meetings for that month. Hmm. And I... <laughs> I did, you know, I'm praying and, and <laughs> saying, God, what is this all about? And I made a few calls to friends and they, they said, what do y'all, what do y'all got going on this month? And I said, nothing. I, and they said, well, we're going to call and make some, we're going to call some people we know. And uh, had two or three different friends that were calling pastors in their area. And nobody booked us. Uh, they called back and said, I don't know what's going on with y'all, but we we can't get anything. Nobody wants to have anything right now. And so we didn't know. But uh, the Sunday, um, the last Sunday of the month, we came and, and we'd gone through all this whole month without meetings. And that was very unusual you know, for us, and mm -hmm. thank God. <laughs> I said, Lord, what are you trying to do? And then that Sunday morning, I woke up. God spoke to me, prove me now. Mm. And I knew exactly, I mean, it's, he didn't say anything but that, but I knew exactly what I was supposed to do. And I told Sheila on the way to church that morning, we're supposed to empty out our, our checking account. And she looked at me and she said, Yes, I know. The Lord told me two weeks before, but I told him he was going to have to tell you that I wasn't going to. <laughs> and God good. <laughs> so we we obeyed. We were obedient. And we didn't know how we were going to pay our, our bills that month. But uh, on a Tuesday morning, Monday was a holiday. And on a Tuesday morning, I walked out, or Tuesday afternoon, I walked out to the mailbox, opened the mailbox, and pulled out a letter from the IRS of all people. <laughs> and this wasn't expected. We didn't we didn't expect to, to have anything in, from them at this time. And we had a check from the IRS that paid our whole month's bills. And I'm walking down the driveway, and I said, God, what in the world was this month about? And he spoke to me as clear as, as you would speak to me and said, 
I want you to know that I'm your source, that I'm going to be your provision, not the pastors, not the churches. Uh, I'm going to be your provider. Mm. And he has done that throughout our life, our ministry. Yes, he has. We've we've never lacked. I can't I can't say that we have ever lacked. We've not, always had everything that we've needed, you know. Well, I sing a, used to sing a song that says he's an on time God. Sometimes he, he was <laughs> pushing the limits <laughs> with being on time, but he always came through. We never lacked meals or our bills were always paid. He was faithful. Yeah, uh, getting back to the evangelism question that you said, you know, being an evangelist is really declaring or proclaiming the good news. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what we felt like we were supposed to do. We've done, we've been blessed to do that in different avenues. A lot of our ministry started out being just totally music mm-hmm. and uh, like doing specials or like a, a concert or something like that. But over the years, it's kind of evolved. And, um, you know, the last many years, especially, we've done a lot of praise and worship you know, led people in that arena, trained people in that arena, trained teams or individuals. or, um, And then even, uh, you know, Thomas started speaking and uh, preaching the Word, and then I've been able to do that at different venues and women's meetings and things like that. And even now you, mm-hmm. you know, as a part of our team, have been able to you know, do that as well as the music. So it's really been a blessing over the years to see how God has broadened, I guess, mm-hmm. us. Expanded. And expanded us. And uh, and that's one thing he told me when we when we started out years ago. He said, I want you to broaden your horizons. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and over the years, I think as a team, that's what we've done. We've broadened our horizons and not yeah. just been stuck doing one thing but just did whatever was made available you know like just said okay god whatever you want us to do we just surrender whatever Mm -hmm. that means and uh, we we made the uh, decision that whatever door was open before us we'd walk through it and and if that door closed of course you know we knew that god had closed it and but Mm -hmm. uh, more times than not whether we whether it was really something we wanted to do or, or that didn't even enter into the picture, really. It was what's set before you, do it with all your might. And yes. and that's what, you know, it didn't matter the size church or the size venue or whatever. We never asked questions. We never required people to pay a certain fee or anything like that. We, you know, we had friends that, that did those things, but that was just not a part of our our ministry. We just uh, felt like God had us out there. He called us, and he was going to take care of us, and he showed us that along the way, and we were just blessed. You know, I told somebody not long ago, you know, we don't live in a multimillion-dollar home, but we have a nice home, and... Uh, we don't drive um, expensive cars. We drive a minivan. <laughs> still got the van. <laughs> still got a minivan to this day. Uh, 
I wouldn't be without one and travel. <laughs> so, yeah. Man, 30 years. That's and it's it's so cool because it wasn't just one yes, like you were saying. You've kept saying yes to whatever God asked you to do throughout all these years. And you've seen the impact and the change as God's changed you and brought in you. You've been able to minister to more people. You know, I'm growing up. I remember in my youngest years, we traveled a lot and we had our motor home. Mm-hmm. And so we would be on the road two, three, four, sometimes six weeks at a time and then come home for maybe one or two weeks or mm-hmm. a month. Well, not normally a month. It was right. normally a couple weeks, maybe three weeks, and then be gone another several weeks. And so, but you know, one thing was, you always made sure that we we had that stable home to come back to, mm-hmm. and you guys were also always, you know, keeping us on schedule, keeping us uh, stable in in that route. And even though our life could kind of be crazy sometimes, there was always that center point, you know, to come back to. So that was really helpful growing up. And I do remember as as we got a little older, you know, you guys, um, we, well, you changed the ministry name because it started out at Thomas Sloan Ministries mm-hmm. and preaching and singing the word. And then you put out the Awesome Presence CD in like mm-hmm. 2004 right. and then decided, you know, that's going to be the name for mm-hmm. our ministry from this point on. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about kind of what made you guys feel that way the presence of God and how that has been such an emphasis in your ministry and why? Well, we, uh, you know, like Sheila was saying earlier, we we used to do a lot of tracks. We would do meetings, but in the, in the, in the meetings, in the altar service especially, we would just sing, uh, you know, worship songs and uh, minister and the Lord would just uh, right in the middle of the of the altar call would give Sheila a song just downloaded into her and she'd start playing it and singing it and uh, there was such a presence of God during those times that people were weeping and uh, receiving from God in the altars uh, we f- we found that uh, we called it times of refreshing. Uh, that's what the word calls it. Uh, people would just come and they, you know, I've heard people use the term soak in his presence. It's a cleansing time, but it, and it's a time of refreshing. And those, it was just, all you could say was it was an awesome presence of God, you know, mm. that we, we were, in. Well, it would sometimes last for two to three hours. I mean, it was yeah. nothing to, you know, to start church at seven and not get out until 11 or something yeah. like that, you know, and, and the last two hours especially be, um, you know, just those times that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it was just so precious and and but so heavy too at Mm -hmm. the same time Mm -hmm. I remember I mean there would be several times where you speaking of Thomas would walk out and you would be so um, the the spirit would be so heavy on you you couldn't even hardly eat you couldn't even hardly get out of our vehicle to go to the RV I mean it was just you know I mean God was 
We it had was, some really sovereign, sovereign move of, of God. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know, that, that one time in particular, we went out a pastoring, which is uh, what we would normally do. Went out to eat, and I, I didn't order anything. And we sat there and talked a little while. And it, it was like as we continued, the, the longer we went, the heavier that presence got. And we drove back to the motorhome. And I sat there in the motorhome. I said, y'all go ahead. I mean, in the car. And I said, y'all go ahead. I'll be in in a few minutes. And I, could, I didn't feel like I could lift my arms. Mm. And I sat there for I don't know how long. And finally, during the night sometime, I came in and just laid uh, on the bed. I didn't even undress or anything. And I just laid there and just, I wasn't saying anything. It was just that presence was on me and until I, f I fell asleep and, and mm. woke up the next morning still fully dressed. And uh, <laughs> it, was, it was heavy. Mm. And that's, that's why we... That's why we changed the name of the ministry to Awesome Presence because there were so many nights, night after night, that there was such an awesome presence of God and God would, would uh, reveal things to me uh, about people and I would go down and whether I would speak those things or just pray those things over people and God would... I break things off of them mm -hmm. while I was speaking those things and and uh, it was so powerful and we still see that it, it's different than it used to be that people are a little more hesitant to to receive now than they used to but we still see uh, God moving you mm -hmm. know in, in an incredible way yeah, we used to see a lot of people healed mm. yeah. of different things, back issues, what you know, whatever the case might be. But we, mm -hmm. you know, in those times of the presence of God really moving, we would um, we would know that they were healed because they would say, "Well, I don't feel that anymore," or "That's gone," mm -hmm. or yeah. or they would even come back and you know and show us a doctor's report or something like that, mm -hmm. you know, later on say that, you know, I know God touched me that night because this is what, you know, um, I'm healed. Yeah. You know? I remember the guy in Florida it just popped up in my memory. Uh, he, they, they called him Bear because he was a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was not, not tall, uh, but he was just big. And he was having back problems, and they uh, couldn't do surgery because he was so big. Mm -hmm. They said it wouldn't wouldn't help anything, or whatever. And he came down to the altar to receive, and he, uh, I laid hands on him and prayed and and just spoke healing over his body. And he just started moving, just started moving and bending wow. over right there in the service. He said, it's gone, that pain that I've been living with for all these years. It had been like 10 years mm -hmm. that he had suffered with pain and couldn't function. Uh, it was gone completely. Man. And that, that was just one time that, that God 
did the miraculous, and uh, there was many other times. I remember one night we had had a we were at a, a like a homecoming thing, and um, we had dinner at the church, you know. And I was sitting across from one of the ladies in the church, and we'd become friends. And uh, mm-hmm. she said, you know, uh, something about children. And she said, you know, I, I, I wish I could have another child, but uh, that would take a miracle. And she said, she explained that she had some physical problems, that uh, her tubes were blocked. And and when she finished, I said, I believe in miracles. Mm-hmm. And that night in the service, the Lord impressed me to go down and just, I didn't, you know, she was down kneeling in the altar and I just laid my hands on her back and I began to speak to her body to function the way God created it to. Yeah. And um, they sent us a, a letter and about a year later said <laughs> that they had a baby. Oh, man. And uh, told, gave us the name and everything. And That's awesome. It was, I mean, miraculous things that God does. I seem to have... Uh, been blessed with a, a knowing when people are pregnant. It's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> odd but true. <laughs> yeah. Odd but true. Yeah. But we can talk about more later. I think we've uh, kept them long enough. And, uh, yeah. Maybe we could do an episode two or part two of mm-hmm. this and share more stories. I mean, I remember a lot of this stuff so many times watching people come up to the altar and leave changed. I mean, their face, the way they looked, they would come kind of down or like really heavy with the weights of the world and leave and the color would come back to their faces Mm -hmm. and just complete joy. And I think just experiencing that growing up, seeing the power and the, the transformative power of God's presence upon the lives of people gave me the heart for ministry and made me want that for my own life. Yeah. Um, just to be able to see that. I, I just feel so honored to, to be able to experience those things because mm-hmm. that, seeing that, seeing signs and wonders and miracles and experiencing them in my own life are the reasons that I I have faith today. Right. Absolutely. So for this last, before we end here, I wanted to ask you guys to just share a little bit of your heart uh, for maybe that person out there who's thinking about taking that brave step of faith into starting their own ministry, or maybe they were in the workplace, but they they want to have brave faith and, and to minister to the people around them. Uh, maybe give a couple of words of wisdom to them. I used to tell the Bible college students that would come in to JSBC there in Baton Rouge, if you can, they would come and ask me these similar questions. And I mm. said, you know, if you can do anything else, go do it. <laughs> because if you can, you may not be called. But if there's a drive in you, a hunger in you to, to minister the Word of God, and to uh, be used of God, uh, you know that you know that you know. And uh, 
there the there are those that are maybe listening today that uh, if you can do something else, go do it. And uh, but if you have that drive that's in you, and God is calling you, and you feel the urgency of the the day and the hour that we're living in, and you want to step out in faith. Know that God is your source, not man, not pastors, not the churches you're going to go to, not even the ministry that you do. That That is what you do. That's what you're created to do. But God is the source of your supply. He uh, financially will use people that you may not, not have known before, but he will use individuals and churches and, and pastors to to bless you and but he's the one that directs the paths and causes the uh, flow of the anointing and flow of finances uh, do you have anything to add to that man well I know taking a step like that is um, scary and daunting I mean you know I can't tell you that we weren't a little scared when we did what we did but at the same time I mean when you step out and you you know you don't know if anything's going to be under your feet when you step out but um, on the other hand we did know because we had a relationship with the Lord and because of that relationship with the Lord and the things that we had seen him do in our lives previously we trusted him yeah. And yeah. we knew that he wouldn't, if he was putting this in our heart to do, then he was going to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was going to be up to him. It wasn't going to be up to us to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Right. He was going to allow that to happen. Like you said, he was going to direct our steps. So, you know, like Mariah said at the beginning of the podcast, we said yes. So if we said yes and God was with us, then you can say yes and know that God will be with you too. And uh, you may not have everything you want, but then again, you may. But he has promised that he would meet all your needs. And he has ours. Mm -hmm. And we know that he will yours. So um, just say yes and start on your journey. (laughs) Amen. That's so good. Thank you guys so much for being on the show and sharing your testimony and experience and wisdom. We all appreciate it. I'm sure I do. (laughs) And that's our episode today for Brave Faith Podcast. We hope you were encouraged and inspired to receive brave faith today. Dad, you want to pray us out? Okay, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. We pray, God, that that someone will be inspired to step out in faith, Lord. Whether it be in the ministry of of the five-fold ministry or just to minister to somebody, maybe a phone call, maybe... Maybe somebody just walking along the way and they they make contact. Lord, use yes. people, use your yes. children, Lord God, to to speak into broken hearts, Lord. There's so yes, many Lord. people that are hurting and, and are hopeless today. But God, help your children to bring hope back yes. into lives, Lord, and to speak truth back into lives. And we thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do through this podcast and through the people that listen. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for listening to the Brave Faith Podcast by Awesome Presence Ministries. 
You can find out more about Brave Faith and Awesome Presence Ministries at awesomepresenceministries.com. There, you can also donate if you feel so led. Don't forget to share this podcast with your friends and subscribe for future updates.